Terry Silver returns in Cobra Kai Season 4 and is one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Today, we're having a special discussion with two of the original experts and fans of Terry Silver. I'm Ken Cole, and if you're a fan of Terry Silver, Cobra Kai, and The Karate Kid, you've come to the right place. We have all kinds of great new content, including Cobra Cole, the first ever team-up between me and David Shatra, Tom Cole, on Cobra Kai. And now, let's begin one of the greatest all-time discussions about Terry Silver. We are going to be joined by some of the original online fans for Terry Silver. They're experts in this field. They love Karate Kid. They love Cobra Kai. We're going to be talking about all that, the new Cobra Kai trailer. Uh, and getting into Terry Silver tonight, we're going to talk about all aspects of this character historically, what he's meant to us personally, and what we can look forward to him doing in the future. Um, and so without further ado, I want to introduce the hosts of The Last Row Podcast, Drew and Badway. Uh, thank you guys for, for joining uh, tonight. This is going to be a great discussion. Thanks for having us, Ken. I'm super excited. Been a huge fan thank of your you, channel, you so, so it's an honor to be on here. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I am a huge fan of the Last Row podcast. I think any movie fan uh, watching this needs to go check out this podcast. Uh, you guys talk about all these different movies and have a really thoughtful, entertaining discussion. Uh, and we'll get into some of the things that you do. For instance, you have like a villain scale and everything like that. Um, but for our viewers, uh, one of the most interesting things for me, I think, is an episode called The Ballad of Terry Silver. This might be like the original online deep dive of Terry Silver. This was back in 2015. And everyone needs to go listen to that because it's actually amazing and prophetic what you guys were talking about. Um, um, and then you get guys to follow up on Cobra Kai later. So, so actually, Badway, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Uh, can you give us a little history of like where your podcast came about and how you got to doing one on Karate Kid 3 and Terry Silver? Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty long story, but um, I believe we started around 2015, Drew, if I remember correctly, in January 2015, where... I mean, we we were roommates for a long time, and we would always watch movies together. We'd always say, "Oh, we should do a podcast. We should do a podcast." And then, you know, a couple of, couple of years down the line, we started decided to go for it, and uh, we like we call it a quote unquote pretty good <laughs> movie pretty podcast, good. <laughs> where I mean, we kind of like you know self deprecating humor about ourselves, and uh, it, it originally started as a bad movie podcast, but it kind of morphed very quickly just into. No, nostalgic movies from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s that we enjoy that may not have been critically received so well, and uh, we try to put our own spin on it, try to speculate, um, you know, the world around the movie, not just a plot recap, and kind of just, uh, you know, kind of mess around with the world of the movie. Right, and so, um, and it, it's just such entertaining episodes. I mean, you guys talk about everything from, like, Steven Seagal movies to, I think one of your most recent ones was uh, Bushwhacked with Daniel Stern. I mean, like, just... So, and three ninjas and sidekicks and 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 everything. It's just such great, such great content. Um, but you guys did do this special episode on Terry Silver and Drew. I was wondering if you could talk about like how did this come about? How long have you been a fan of Terry Silver? Um, uh, give us give us your background on it. So I'm a I'm a huge as our friend Chris, listener of our podcast, says I'm a huge Terry Silver enthusiast. So I <laughs> I love the character. And if you you rattled off a bunch of the the movies that we did, Ken, and and really we had this soft spot for just over the top action villains. 
And I think it was episode 13. I'd have to go back and look at the exact number. But um, it is. When, when we did the first episode, we were looking for just something related to an over-the-top villain. And we, Bad Way actually suggested, he's like, hey, what about Karate Kid 3? And we knew about, we knew, you know, how much we each liked Terry Silver. And at that point, we had been doing some crazy action movies. And he is just honestly one of my favorite all-time, all-time favorite villains in any movie, just from his plotting, his look and style. We have the villain scale, which we can talk about later, um, but we just loved the idea of Terry Silver. And we really made that episode about Terry Silver, probably less about Karate Kid 3 and more about just you know, it was definitely a ballad of Terry Silver, and we we coined it that I think live on the episode. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah if, if I could jump in real quick, uh, that's kind of we we both watched it separately, and we both came to the conclusion very quickly that this episode is not about Karate Kid Three. It's it is a Terry Silver episode because having not seen the movie in a while, like I I mean I've seen it a few times before then, but it really opened my eyes that oh my this guy is yeah. absolutely insane <laughs> that's one way to put it <laughs> i i forgot how much i loved this character and this podcast episode about and, this character. and i just want to jump in here if anyone's watching this who's coming into cobra kai and coming into this universe uh terry silver of course is this new villain that was showcased in the trailer that just came out um john crease's old war buddy and he was the main villain of karate kid 3 which came out in 1989 and um you know, it, it's kind of a fascinating history with Terry Silver, but just I was wondering if I could get both of you guys, uh, your your takes on, I guess, Drew, uh, we'll start with you, your take on the Terry Silver that we've seen in this new trailer, like this new incarnation. Uh, I mean, I loved, you know, the one thing I think I was telling you before um, we, we did this whole thing was I was afraid that he would barely be in it. And to be honest, in the trailer, I was, I held off on watching it. A bad way sent it to me earlier. A friend of mine texted me earlier today and said, you got to watch this. And I said, "Uh, I don't know. Cause I, I have this, like this, this soft spot for Terry Silver. And I just, I want to, I kind of want to go in blind, but then I caved. Uh, So I watched it and I loved it. And he looks awesome. Like I was afraid of how they might portray him. I like that he looks a little weathered, but he still seems like he's, you know, got his riches. He had that sweet Malibu looking house and everything. Um, And I was worried that he would barely be in it too. And it looks, unless they gave us everything, it looks like he's going to be in it quite a bit. My biggest fear was that he would be in it at the very end. Um, But I, I, I'm really excited to see where he's going to go. And it looks like he's going to have a big part in helping Kreese take on, you know, the rival dojos here, which I'm super excited about. Oh, for sure. Bad way. What What did you think? Well, yeah, I was initially very happy to see that he had his wealth and that uh, the deal in Baronia with the dumping it didn't put him, <laughs> put him behind bars. So I was very happy about that. So, <laughs> but yeah, like Drew, I, I was I was concerned because a lot of shows are like are are um are want to do this where they tease something and then they kind of maybe maybe he'll show up in episode six or episode seven. It seemed unless it's very expert. Uh, trailer cutting uh, that we may see more of him more often than, than I originally had thought. So that's definitely, definitely something I'm looking forward to. Um, he seems a little reserved, which, you know, a lot of people remember Terry as just over the top cackling villain. Oh, I like that Johnny. I'm going to use <laughs> But a lot of the, a lot of Karate Kid three, he was very reserved, albeit in an acting role uh, towards Daniel. But he does seem a little bit calmer, you know. Maybe, I'm sure we'll see a wild side of him. But at least the trailer is setting expectations 
that he's very calculated. And I, I do like that they're they're going to seems that they're going to kind of focus in on that side of him. Um, OK, so you bring up the Karate Kid 3 and, and Terry Silver. So let's go back for a second. Let's let's talk historically. So about like what age when did you guys first see Karate Kid 3 or wh when did you get into the Karate Kid universe? I probably I, I watched I watched the first one growing up. I mean, I'm a I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. Right. I think that's why we do a lot of the movies that we do on our show. I probably saw it. Uh, I saw the first one, you know, when I was probably in my young I don't know, like 10 or something. I don't know. And I just loved it. And I, I actually, uh, I liked the first one better than the second. I know that's maybe like a controversial opinion. I know a lot of people love the second one. Um, and the third one is is not really rated that high, you know, from a Rotten Tomatoes score and, and just critically. But I've always had a soft spot for that one. And that was the one that I found that I rewatched the most just because it was so comically ridiculous and I just absolutely loved it. And from my perspective, that was the one that I really grew up watching. And just, it's because of Terry Silver, <laughs> because of him. Sure, you brought up the Rotten Tomatoes yeah. score. I got to I mean, my head, man. Look, you, you, can't be, no, you can't be looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score. It's, it's like 14% or something like that. Which is I, too low. Rotten Tomatoes. It's yeah. too low, way too low. Yeah. Yeah, I got to gotta like, no, and, and, yeah. and you know, the, the reality is, I think that, there, there's a whole thing where, you know, you might hate this movie for what it is, but they don't make movies like that anymore. They they did at that time. And, and to me, that was on par with the type of movies that were made at that time, the over-the-top action, the Seagal movies, the Schwarzenegger movies, you know, that style of acting was ridiculous. And I've, I've been on record saying this before, Thomas Ian Griffith, he put on a clinic in this, in that movie. It's blood. So what? Make believe it's his. This guy wants to break you, humiliate you, stomp you into the ground. Now what are you going to do about it? No! Let's do it! You couldn't, I said this to Badway before, you could not replace him. Like, short of getting, like, Daniel Day-Lewis, and honestly, I know that sounds ridiculous, you couldn't even put Daniel Day-Lewis in this movie <laughs> in 1989. I don't think he would have done a better job than Thomas Ian Griffith. I really don't. Yeah. I, I really don't think he would have done it. Take any Oscar-winning actor, and I don't think they could have out-acted him. I really don't. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Oh yeah, it's a singular performance. I totally agree with that. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, well, now, so bad way. I mean, like, what? So, what do you think about it? So, I, I kind of agree. I watched Karate Kid three a lot. I think because, and and this this might sound weird, like on summer vacations when I was a kid, but I really enjoyed the first one. I saw the second one so much, and. Um, I hit, I hit a point where I didn't want to spoil them by watching them too many times. And then so, like, I turned to the third one. I ended up watching that one quite a bit. And I think that's where my affection for the movie uh, grew over time. And, uh, you know, Terry Silver, I, I don't think I even realized as a kid how much of a fan I was of his character. But, uh, you know, he just worked so well as a villain um, in that. And it was so dark. Uh, you know, it was a very dark tone in that third one. And um, so... I mean, just as a villain, bad way in your experience, uh, how does Terry Silverman rank, uh, Silver rank uh, in comparison to like all those like 80s, 90s movies? Because he's from that time. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that he is, I like his comic book villainy and, I, and, and, and lends, I don't know if it was written that way more so, or was it more his performance? But I, I like the choices that he made. And I, I do appreciate his, you know, outside of the karate aspect, you know, he, it is it is nonviolent, 
but he is also a, um, a supervillain in the business world as well. I like that aspect, that his private life is also evil. It's not just, you know, within Cobra Kai, best friends with John Kreese, saved his life, going to do anything for you. Yeah, I'll ruin this kid and this and, and his, and his teacher's life for you, no problem. But uh, I, I also really enjoyed the business world aspect of him, and I wish that we had even more of that in three. I mean, I know it's impossible because, you know, 90 minutes, it is a family movie, we got to get going with the karate and all that, but I... I, I want to see the the two and a half hour director. Yeah, cut. I want to see the there's totally cut there's this totally movie, a Wall Street sure. like Buddy Never Sleeps like sequel to to this yeah, starring Terry right. Silver. Yeah. I mean, I I think his yeah. business skills are completely underrated because to be able to to be out there dumping toxic waste, you know, signing all this paperwork, just being diabolical, and the fact that the guy takes a vacation just to ruin a kid's life. And about the Borneo call. All right, but that's the last one for the next few weeks. My business is strictly revenge. Everything is in place, sir. Like, can you get more villainous than that? I mean, really, like, l- think about yeah. that for a second. He he took, you know, he took off, like, the third quarter. He's like, oh, this is my top priority, ruining this kid's life to help his buddy, John Kreese. Like, that's right. that's a badass. Yeah. Right. I want to see the, I want to see the prequel. I want to see what happens between when he, when he graduates college and up, up until Karate Kid 3. I want to see, I want to see his journey. I want to see who he crossed. I want to see who he screwed over. I want to see who else is live sees this guy's road. I just want to see it all. And, I, right. I just and, and that's on, and I might have mentioned this in one of my videos, but one of the things I love about Terry Silver is that he's, you know, a lot of villains, a lot of action villains, they're bad because they kill people, you know, and but we never see Terry Silver kill anyone. And I love the fact that they go exactly. in the opposite direction where he just enjoys being petty about things like he enjoys like getting little digs in and being like villainous in all these like everyday situations, you know, like yelling at the guy to dump the toxic waste or, you know, making digs at Daniel or, you know, just doing all these things constantly that are just villainous. But you know that he's not going to kind of devolve into like just being a mass murderer. You know, there's just that that delight. Any guy that's going to make like business phone calls in a sauna, like wearing a towel. And you know what he's going to learn from me? Pain in every part of his body and fear in every part of his mind. <laughs> with, with a Zach Moore cell phone, it is, it's just at the top of the list for me. Like doing business deals in a sauna, that doesn't get better than that. Yeah, he's somehow more diabolical than Patrick Bateman, but without the murder. So it's kind of like he's Patrick B- Bateman without the murder, basically. It, you know, when we, when we did our episode, Ken, we, we didn't really... Like we have a villain scale that we do on our show, but we didn't really have it baked, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. on 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 the episode. And we've thus and we took a hiatus for a little while. And when we came back, we we actually created some actual categories around it. And we have not revisited the scale with Terry Silver. I'm open to the like I don't want to tell you but we should do it but maybe we we could try it together if you want to participate here. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely because um if there's anything I think Terry Silver needs to be on is some kind of objective villain skill. He has so many qualities. It's he has so many great qualities and he has so many villainous qualities and so yeah, I'd love to see how he ranks up. So yeah, so I know that you guys have the scale. So you have like all these different categories and then you like numerically rate the character in each of these categories, right? Yeah, we we I can give you a quick rundown for people yeah. that haven't haven't heard our show, but 
we we do this on every episode that that we have that has a, a typical villain, right? And sometimes we even rank storms. I think when we did the day after the tomorrow, and it broke the scale. <laughs> yeah. But for 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 our typical villain scale, we've got four major categories. It's really their look and their look or style. Um, with their hideout and their layer. So look and style, I, I guess it's, do they have a ponytail? I mean, that's derivative from Terry Silver. Any accessories? <laughs> what's their What's their fashion like? Uh, their hideout and their layer. So what are their accommodations? Do they have, you know, some type of, you know, fortress or something like that? What's their plan for domination is, is the next category. And then we talk a lot about their muscle or their henchmen, or is there a sub boss, for example, like, you know, when you think about Mortal Kombat, you've got Goro versus Shao Kahn. And then we had a, we invented recently a, a bonus category for ruthlessness and it's a one to five scale. And then we add it up out of, out of 20 basically. Um, so, you know, we, we wow. typically will go through each category and we, we can do that if, if you're open to it. Well, let's do it. Let's do it for Terry Silver. All right, everyone get ready. And then, in the comments guys just put in like how you would rank terry silver in all these categories this will be what we think and then you just throw in uh what you think so yes let's let's do it i'll, I'll throw it to you guys so I'll, I'll ask you both here so so for their look and their style and I, you know what i'm gonna say so i'm just gonna keep my mouth shut so <laughs> I'll, I'll ask you both what you think but you know he's clearly got a ponytail but what, what do you guys give him out of a, a one through five for that and why is my my question to you both uh, i'll let bad go first all right. Well, I was gonna I was gonna defer to you, but that's fine. Um, so first of all, I mean, it's in the it's it's in the description. Does does this person have a ponytail? You check the box. Yes, that's okay. automatic. That's points. great. So that's a three out of five already going in. That's so, I mean, and then and then you you add to I mean, making business deals in a bath towel. He made a bath towel look fashionable in the sauna. You know, um, holding business meetings, um, spouting off directives to a secretary in a hot tub. Mm-hmm. Um, wearing the ridiculous, um, you know, black coat, uh, reminiscent of a right. Steven Seagal the bomber jacket, um, you know, over the top silk mm-hmm. karate gi, you know, with big Cobra on the back. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't want to give him a five, so I don't want to give him a 20, but like if it, if he warrants it, it warrants it overall, but I feel like I'm going to at least right. give him a four. I'll, I'll let Ken decide whether or not <laughs> I, to give him a full I, five. I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's going to be a full five for me. Uh, I'm good with that. <laughs> um, it, it, because not only is he obsessed with style, like it, you just see him, obviously he's sparring when we first see him, he's sparring in a silk Cobra Kai gi. Like even his gi is like silk. And um, we see him in all these states. So we see him in a tux, you know, we see him, you know, in an ascot later, but. Ascot, yes, I forgot about the ascot. Um, so he has a great sense of style. Like he's. He's into fashion, like he knows what looks good. Um, but in addition to that, he has a sense of fashion and style that's geared to manipulate people. I mean, look at, he made his um, servants come up with a look to make him look poor, remember? To try and con Daniel. And uh, he made them get a beater truck for him, you know? And it's like, <laughs> it's so he thing. has like s- such an awareness of style and presenting himself, um, not only to please himself, but to con other people, uh, you know, maybe more so than most any other movie villain. So I'd have to give him a five. Yeah. I'm not going to argue. Yeah. You're, you're right. Um, the ascot yeah. was one thing, but then um, the fact that, so he had a lineup of beater cars to choose from. And then he, and then he he landed on on that pickup right. or whatever the heck it was, <laughs> and then and then when Daniel sees it, he goes, nice "Oh truck. man, nice truck!" Like he nailed yeah. it. Yeah. He I mean, nailed he it. Yeah. And how about the phone? He's got the old timey like 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 uh, dial, rotary style phone too. He's talking on the in the bathtub yeah, with, by, the, with by the, the cigar. Yep. It's ridiculous. 
it, it was like it was like golden. It's a vibe. It was it's like a vibe. it almost looked like something you could have gotten yeah. out of Buckingham Palace or something like that. I I, yeah. I absolutely yeah. say five, and and it sort of bleeds into the next category when you talk about okay. his hideout and his layer, which is sort of has its own style. I mean, he's a fat he he's a, a fan of I guess Mayan architecture or something, right? In the hills, I don't know. I won't speak about the new one. We'll talk about the old movie. But what do you guys right. think about his hideout and his layer? And and do you consider his dojos all of the ones that he owns part of that? Oh geez. Yeah, the, the dojos are part of it, I believe. Um, Ken, do you want to start us off on this one? What do you think about his a one to five scale for his, his I layer mean, or layers? Like, uh, okay, I, yeah. Speaking of Karate Kid three, um, I mean, God, it's uh, the Ennis House. Like, it's this uh, landmark, historic uh, Maya inspired uh, temple, basically, yeah. and uh, it just has all of that. Um, you know, it goes ties right into his sense of fashion. You know, and maybe the sense of how he sees himself. Maybe he sees himself as uh, some kind of god or aristocrat. I believe um, it. And Absolutely. it's just, and when you see it in person, it's like, it, it, you know, because of course I've I've seen it and driven by it. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, on purpose. Any true um, fan would, right? Yeah. <laughs> of, of course. Um, if, if you go, if you see it, especially in your, like, sunset, it's just gleaming. It's, it's just, it, it's just outshines all the other structures like in the hills there it's That's it's, awesome. it's impressive and um i i i mean i'm biased because uh, i love the character but i'd honestly have to give his lair a five like i love that lair it's so tied to who he is now um if so in the trailer though we see that at least what they've shown so far is right it's like this malibu type beach house that's that's kind that's where crease goes to the to meet up with terry silver um and so i guess what we don't know yet is um is that his main house did he move out of you know the ennis house and go to that house um or has he always had multiple residences and that's like his beachfront house because he's yeah. we don't know how rich he yeah. is you know i always assumed he probably had multiple properties yeah you know that's just that's, it's probably a Sunday house. It's it's probably just his, his Sunday house. Yeah, yeah. You you, you nailed it. Um, just the the uniqueness to to his sensibilities. They're like you nailed it. Godlike. Uh, he probably does see himself yeah. as some sort of god. I mean, even though as uh, season three of Cobra Kai showed us that, I mean, he was definitely not that. Um, at w- w- what they show show in Vietnam, he kind of cultivated that personality over time. And uh, it turned and basically got himself a god complex. But one, uh, I mean, you nailed everything about the house. But one little touch that I love about his house, and it's not really part of the structure. It's it's that you know when he's training, he doesn't train with dummies or or uh, punching bags. He has actual humans that he right. just beats the crap out of. <laughs> that's right. and that's his training. Right. We we spec we speculate that that's actually yeah. his limo driver. <laughs> that's the podcast. Oh, that's fight. so funny. Well, actually, I'll, I'll amend. I, I would give him a five, but just to to appear objective, to appear objective, um, maybe I'll reduce it to four point five, uh, just for that tub, because I can't imagine uh, anyone of Terry's sense of self having a tub that small. <laughs> like that's a really small tub. So maybe I'll, I'll deduct half point. a point for the you know, size you, of the tub. You know what he needs? He needs yeah. like if you watch Last Action Hero when the mob boss is like in the pool, like that should be his tub. He should have had an indoor swimming pool where he takes like a like a bath and he's got like a serve all his servants and people in there. He's in there just swimming in the pool. That's that's his that should be his real bath. And then that then we could bump it to a five. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. 
It's like a yeah. It's like Pee Wee uh, yes. Francis. Like that's he was taking yeah. a bath. Exactly. In the pool. Yeah. Are we are we yeah. going? So are we going half score yeah. here? You guys want to go four or you want to go five? You want to go? In the oh, middle? do you guys? Well, it, do you guys do uh, just round it out to full full numbers? I'm just bad at math today, so it's up to you guys. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> We'll go four. We'll dock. We'll dock the point for the. We'll dock the point for the for the tub. We're very petty on the scale too. We'll, I'll dock a point just for the heck of it. So he didn't have a pool. We'll yeah. go four. You're yeah. right. Um, what about yeah. their plan? So so obviously, his plan is is extremely diabolical. I'll I'll turn it to both of you. I mean, maybe Ken. What what do you think of 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 the plan? Because it's so huh. outrageous. Yeah, I I mean this one it's going to be extremely hard for him for me not to give him like a five or even like a six on the scale because. He's his his planning is just key to who he is, just his sense of control. He wants absolute control over every situation. And that involves controlling everyone in a room without them knowing it. From the moment you met me, I've been making you do things you didn't want to do. What are you talking about? What am I talking about? Yeah, what? And he has so many different levels to his plans. And it's, um, you know, I, I think I said this once before. It's like it's almost like a 3D chess game that everyone doesn't know they're playing. Oh, yeah. But he he's playing it and he's he knows everything about everyone. And he is he has almost every outcome predetermined. Like he knows what to do when he's got everyone in a box. And just that level of control and thought is just um, I mean, I don't think you normally see that on from any villain like he's just yeah anyways bad boy what do you think yeah it's 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 like it, i i hate to be little murder like we were doing earlier he's he's almost worse than a murder i mean this is he's talking about pain and suffering and humiliation on the likes of which you know 80s villains have never yeah, seen that's true you know i mean he's crazy <laughs> and sorry go ahead <laughs> Yeah, and, and and to and all this stemmed from John Kreese just walking into his house, handing him the keys, saying, "I'm done here. Sorry, right. you know, I failed." And he turned that failure into no, 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 no. Not only are you not done, I'm going to Look, avenge right. your failures. Miyagi and that punk kid. I'm going to get them for what they did to you. They made you suffer, so I'm going to make them suffer and suffer and suffer. And when I think they've suffered enough, then I start with the pain. Look, Terry, you don't have to do that. Don't have to. I want to. And that's where the plan formulated from. It's it's almost like he had weeks, if not months, to plan for this. Like it was, it almost seemed predetermined. It was uh, it was unprecedented how quickly this plan came together. Like to, to see to see his best friend, his war buddy roll into his Mayan temple looking like Ron Burgundy out of, you know, <laughs> drinking out of a carton of milk. It's just, it, it must have like cut him to his core. I mean, this guy saved his life, right? And he told him anything you need in life, I got your back, man. And yeah, we didn't know that at the time when we, when we did this, but how can you, how can you not like just supporting your friend to that degree? I mean, buying up every dojo in the entire like, like area. The day you step off the plane, you're the biggest dojo operator in the Valley. What are you talking about? I bought 20 locations today. Yours, 100%. He used all of his resources to scheme and plot. And and you said it, Ken, he's like a chess master. He's like 10 steps ahead of everybody. And we joke about it, but I really don't think that there's 80s villains this smart. And it really hurts me to the core that he gets such a bad rap as like a comic, comical, like ridiculous villain. Like he's actually, he's actually written pretty well when you really right. step back and look at it. I'm, I'm a huge, I mean, I'm a huge fan, so I'm biased, obviously, but it's going to be right. hard not to give him a five here, right, guys? I mean, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, 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 and not to mention that, like, uh, unlike most of our, our villain plans, this thing pretty much worked. 
up until the very end, I mean, LaRusso ended up winning the tournament, and it was very, very uh, unrealistic in my opinion, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, the plan the plan worked. I mean, he humiliated him. He got him to turn against, his, uh, you know, Mr. Miyagi. Uh, caused him very, very much pain and suffering. It, the thing worked, so we, you gotta give it We right. didn't even touch it's, on the Mike fine. Barnes subplot of this whole thing, too, where he's yeah, I mean, oh, we'll get there. about that. We'll like, get there. part of the right. plan, right? So, the I don't know. Yeah. We, oh, got, yeah. we got Hitchman coming up. I mean, we got I, coming I don't up. know what you guys so. think, but it has to be a five. I'm sorry. It just has to. I, I, I got to overrule yeah. both of you unless you strongly disagree. But oh, you want a five, I completely too. agree. I would give him, give him a five. Yeah. No, we, we're going like, five. What about, so then what about his henchman, right? Because you could, right. we had a debate. Is Crease actually his henchman? Is he Crease's henchman? Like, there's a very fine line of where, where the hierarchy lies, but obviously, right. Mike Barnes, Karate's bad boy, is clearly a pretty formidable opponent for Daniel, obviously, right? I mean, that's, and the, the plotting and the plan and the way that that connected, he, he's got to get a really good score on this, too. What, what do you guys think? Ken, like, what do you think? Well, okay. So for henchmen, with with Terry, how Terry sees himself, I think he sees everyone around him on his side as a henchman. I I think he sees as a as a chess piece that he's moving. So um, really, everyone in Terry's circle, uh, John Kreese, probably Terry would think that John is there and to help him and make him feel better. So maybe he's not quite a henchman, uh, at least in my opinion. But you've got Margaret, his secretary. You have. Milos, his butler, both of them seem to be very competent. Uh, they were able to get things for him immediately when he asked, whether it's the uh, the magazines, the martial arts magazines. Yes, sir. Where the magazines I ordered? Right here, sir. Or the beater trucks or um, the exact uh, <laughs> outfit that he needed, you know, um, the petroleum deals, the Borneo, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's taken care of. So they're great. I mean, we don't see them very much, but... Um, then Mike Barnes, of course, is probably the main henchman. You have like his kind of lackeys that have worked for him for, him for a while. You have Snake and Dennis as well. So um, those are Terry's henchmen. Now, I don't know. It's interesting. Like they're they're mean and stuff. I guess they fulfill their role. Um, they they're kind of like compared to Mike Barnes. I don't think they're as physically threatening. And it's yeah. it's actually kind of strange. Like initially, uh, well, not Snake. Uh, Dennis is supposed to train Mike Barnes. Uh, but it's almost like Mike Barnes is like yeah. way better than Dennis. Uh, Daniel LaRusso beats Dennis, uh, right off the bat, you know? So, I mean, they, they do what they're supposed to do. Uh, Mike Barnes is a great henchman. Like he does everything perfectly. Like for Terry, everything. The only time he flinched was, uh, at the end of the tournament, you know, that's it, you know, and he lost, uh, he got distracted by a kata, uh, yeah. I guess. I don't know. But, um, so I don't know, maybe... I don't know. Maybe uh, I, I would, you know, I might give him a four for henchman just because I think Snake and Dennis aren't as strong as Mike Barnes and Milos and Margaret. I agree with that. What, what do you think, Badway? I, I love your distinction yeah. between lackey and henchman. That's, it's a very that's important. Very, one. What, what would you what would you call them, henchman? There, Snake yeah. and Dennis or they're, lackeys? No, they're lackeys. That's that's a that's, that's yeah, perfect. That's a it. perfect <laughs> term. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barnes is like a cyborg, man. Like, yeah. We we go off on a whole tangent about Mike Barnes on our on our episode, and yeah, I I feel like you know in the end Silver almost got in his way. I mean, he would have dominated through that tournament had had he not gotten Larusa involved, or even had Larusa joined the tournament without like the you know the the last ditch effort to use the kata at the end there. Um, and 
very much an all-time bully. I mean, we go off on movie villains versus movie bullies, and very much a movie bully. So I, um, I, I want to, you know, Barnes is, is interesting to me, but besides Barnes, right? You know, can you mention some of the people that were helping him out? I want to I want to talk about what does his company leadership board look like? I mean that that's we got to give him credit. That's even off screen, right? He's got clearly some competent company leadership. He's able to step away from his his company duties. Who's who's second in command here? Who's the chief operating officer? You know of of Dynatox, right. yeah. and and who's, they're clearly right. running a media who? blitz. He's got good PR people. I mean, you made a commercial, Ken, which is amazing. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, and, and I'll and I'll tell you something. Um, just just and everyone here, uh, Cobra Cole. Um, that is honestly inspired by exactly what you're talking about. It's like, uh, what, you know, what about this business side of um, Terry Silver's company? You know, what is he like? What's the corporate culture like? You know, you know, we don't get it, but that's, we don't get into it too, too much, but that's kind of the inspiration. That's what I'd be intrigued to know about, you know, because we've all worked in jobs. Like, what would it be like to have Terry Silver as your CEO? Yeah, what what's the town hall like when he's telling everybody about you know holiday break and recharge for next year? You know all the stuff that that you know he's talking about. Is he telling people? Is he good CEO? What's his <laughs> glass door rating? That's what I really want to know. Is right, he, exactly. Like, yes. What kind of score is he getting? Who, but who's who's his right hand man in the boardroom that yeah, went well, to jail for him mm-hmm. when when when, but, when but everything you, went down? To you tie know? it back to Barnes, you said it. I think you know if you're gonna say a guy gets distracted by a kata. Now, I, look, I'd have never fought in a karate tournament, so I can't say what would happen to me. I'd probably get distracted too. But if he's truly karate's bad boy, he probably shouldn't have gotten distracted by that, especially since it sort of happened in the first one too. I know it was the crane kick, but like all of these things are interconnected. So I think maybe we do have to dock him a point. And I think the lackey is actually, he, he could have done a little bit better there. So I think maybe we shouldn't give him a five here with a perfect score because... There's some there's some deficiencies there, but maybe the off-screen okay. things that are good that we don't see. Okay, I have to ask you guys this since we're talking about that moment with Mike Barnes in the tournament. Yeah. Do you blame Mike Barnes more for that, or do you blame Terry Silver for that insane plan when Mike Barnes could have won at any moment uh, throughout that whole thing, but Terry Silver dragged it out to sudden death? Remember the game plan. First you win a point, then you lose a point. Keep the score zero zero. Pulverize him for the full three minutes. Then in sudden death, you get the point, we win. I want him to experience pain. Like, do you or do you place the blame on Terry or Mike Barnes or equally on both? Here's my perspective on it. I think I place the blame on Terry because I think he did over overcomplicate the whole thing. But was it really about winning at all? If you really take a step back, yeah, they lost and they got a lifetime ban from the tournament until the you know the events of Cobra Kai. But really, it did contribute to his plan because he was toying with Daniel. And yeah, I get it. In the end, Daniel still won, but it almost worked. It almost worked. So I can't knock him too much. You know, I don't know. What do you think, Badway? In, in actuality, though, was Daniel injured enough for Terry? And John, you know, and the answer was no. So I, I agree with you. I don't think the I don't think the main idea was winning. 
I think he wanted to go out a body bag, you know. And, and I think they, that's, they that's, did. That's what we're they did lose here. in the yeah. end, and and obviously that's crushing to someone of this man's stature's ego. I mean, clearly that's right. that's probably worse than not yeah. succeeding at other things, and yeah. and to be have this bruised ego when you're you you do think of yourself as a god. Maybe he has paintings of himself like White Goodman from Dodgeball, where he's got him <laughs> grabbing the bull by the horns. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd yeah. like that to see what sense. his artwork in his house looks like that we didn't see. Yeah. Uh, you know. But but no, I, I think you're right. I, I do think it was Terry's fault, though, to your point, because he toyed with him too much. But at the same time, I don't know that it mattered if he won. Maybe that's not fair. I don't know. <laughs> no, the job wasn't done yet because LaRusso wasn't at hospitalization level yet. So so there was, was still, there was match, still work to be done. It was a stretcher done, match. So. That ladder, mm-hmm. table, yeah. ladders, and chairs. I call, I call it a... <laughs> I call it a four because if your if your main henchman to a high schooler is an upper <laughs> echelon bully, then we're good. Well, it's like to, was yeah, was Mike Barnes in high school at that time too? I don't. I've got to be honest. I I, I I'd like to see his birth certificate well, because, because I don't believe it could 18. have been one of those scenarios it. where it's like you're the guy in high school. You're you're scared as heck of of this this upperclassman or whatever, and maybe he's a college guy, so maybe that was intimidating enough. He's he's one year older. He's a freshman in college or something, right? I don't know. It's it, it was intimidating, but I, I agree with you. I think a four is is probably mostly appropriate, unless you guys disagree. <laughs> I, I I would back a four. Yeah. Okay. If I if I recap this for you guys, oh, oh so actually we should stop. Do we want to give a bonus point for any category or ruthlessness at all? I'll I'll throw it to you both. <laughs> any any bonus points warranted? Yeah, I feel like a bonus point is a bonus point is definitely warranted just because of who he's fighting against an elderly. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Miyagi and a high school student, which is, you know, the, the focus of his plan. Yeah. Any villain who is going to concoct that scheme to make Daniel's knuckles bleed, to make a, uh, a high school or recently graduated uh, kid's knuckles bleed. I mean, that's that's pretty ruthless. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, psychological trauma of that, it's it's going to be with... Da- and when Daniel talks about he doesn't like... In the current seasons of Cobra Kai, where he's like, he doesn't mm-hmm. like to talk about that. I learned to strike first. Strike hard. Show no mercy. You never told me about any of this. It's not something I'm proud of, Sam. That's total emotional abuse, and he's totally embarrassed by it. And right. I like this is why I love three so much. People look at it on surface level of, oh, it's a rehash of the first one, but it really isn't. And it is, but it isn't. And I feel like it went darker. And I just appreciate the movie because of where it went and because of how they took it up a notch. And I think that's what makes it so good. So, you know, I, I obviously am a huge fan, as you all know. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, if I tie it back to the scale, so that means he got, if I recap for everybody, he had a look, five for a look and style, four for his hideout or his lair, and five for his plan, four for his henchman, minus a point there. And then he gets back a bonus point just for how overall diabolical he is and how ruthless. So he might be the highest, besides the storm from the day after tomorrow in our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Tomorrow got a perfect score. I think the day after tomorrow got a perfect score in our podcast. I think it was. There's an asterisk. There's an asterisk on it though. The hideout layer of the storm was the world. So it's you know how do you get better than that? But it's so Terry gets a 19 out of 20, and I can't argue with that. And you know Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone would argue with that. He he's the reason why we thought of a of a villain scale. So 
yeah, it's only appropriate. And I got to say, thank you, Ken, for letting us do that because that was a lot of fun, man. I had fun. Yeah, yeah, this is is amazing. Like, thank thank you for allowing me to participate in this villain skill. And also everyone in the comments. So uh, hopefully, guys, let, let us know how you would rank Terry Silver in all of these categories in the comments. Um, well, uh, now you brought up a really good point, like, um, you know, people really thinking of Karate Kid 3 as sort of a rehash of the first one. And, you know, this is something that I think all of us who've enjoyed Karate Kid 3 have kind of dealt with. There's there's always been this sort of critical backlash, like at the time it wasn't really that warmly received by, by critics. Um, and I think that's just been kind of permeating the thought you know, the general think about this movie for a long time. And um, I was wondering if I could get your guys' thoughts. You started off actually looking at movies that maybe weren't well-received. And so, uh, and in your podcast, you talk about the idea of like there being like a good, good movie, a good, bad movie, and a bad, bad movie. And that you think that Karate Kid 3 is actually a good, good movie. And so I was wondering if we could talk about that, like the the critical assessment, like what do people generally think of Karate Kid 3 and is it fair? Like for instance, uh, Siskel and Ebert. That Thomas Ian Griffith nearly saves the movie. He's a terrific villain, but I had a problem this time with Ralph Macchio's lead character of Daniel. Macchio plays him so relentlessly upbeat that the character loses the credibility of the first film. Pat Morita is fine, but then Macchio's girlfriend seems like a dunce. For everything that I liked about this picture, there was something I didn't like. Again, it's not a bad film, just not special enough for me to recommend. Well, of course, the original Karate Kid was an excellent picture. I think so. Very entertaining, very intelligent. However, I've seen it, and I don't Mm. need to see it again. I don't need to see it a third time. There was nothing in this movie that is fresh or original. Except the villain. Part You'll three. acknowledge that. Oh, well, they have a new villain. They bring in I thought that villain. guy was but pretty scary. But they also had the same old villain, that guy yeah. that keeps running the bankrupt karate studio. Ebert hated it. He gave it one and a half stars. Uh, you know, Gene Siskel <laughs> liked it a little bit more and praised Terry Silver. Um, you know, but like, so what do you guys think of, of that, of its of its reputation? I, I think, uh, I think, you know, just generally speaking, I think it gets a bad rap and I hate the retroactive, like, even Ralph Macchio trying to apologize for it now, it really bothers me. Like, just own it because it's a good movie. They don't make movies like 1989 anymore. And to be honest, yeah, I guess, you know, Gene Siskel and, and, and Ebert, they didn't really like it. But I don't know. I, I look at, you know, we talked, you mentioned a good, bad movie, good, good movie, and, and that kind of movie. I'm the type of movie watcher that I'm just entertained by the art of making movies and just the skill. Like, in this movie, whether the movie plot was good or not, I could sit here and say Thomas Ian Griffith entertained me the whole time. And that to me is a success, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and, and even Macchio and the rest of the actors were good. I think one of the reviewers called Macchio whiny and he was, you know, I forgot how they, they mentioned it, but mm-hmm. I just think it's, it's a little disingenuous to sit there and just bash this type of movie. I think there's some good qualities of it. And even if it is a rehash of the first one, from my perspective, it did what it needed to and it did it well. And maybe I guess at the time it was the third and we called like, we did a thing on our show. We talked about the third of a trilogy and is that get bad rap just because people are tired of it. And, and I know badly, I know you, you feel probably similar to me, but I, I'm curious if you, if what your thoughts are. Yeah. Um, you know, all due respect to Ralph Macchio. I mean, I'm, at the time he was, what was he? 28 years old, 27, 20 years old making this movie. I feel like maybe, yeah, maybe he is embarrassed by it, but maybe it's for different reasons than, oh, the movie was bad. Maybe 
you know, where was he in his life at that point? He's still playing a teenager as a 28-year-old. Maybe he had internal feelings about that at the time. So it might not just be about the movie. It could be personal for him as well. Um, as far as, like, the critics go, I feel like back then, before the internet age, you would people would take critics' um, feelings about movies into more stronger consideration just because it was kind of their only way to say, oh, is this movie worth my $5 or is this worth my $6? We, we look at Siskel and Ebert in the 90s and the 80s and, 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 uh, and so on. And uh, we read the newspaper clippings of the reviews. Now we see a movie um, two days before the movie's out. There's a thousand reviews on YouTube that you can click on. And, and you have uh, reviewers that are pretty much curated to your tastes. So if you trust this person, you know this person likes the X, Y, and Z movie, then you're going to value their opinion more rather than a coverall of Siskel and Ebert. So when, when guys like that um, who are very good at their jobs. I mean, I'm not bashing Cisco and Ebert, but uh, when they say a movie is not worth your time, it will it will greatly af- negatively affect yeah. the box office. So, I mean, that tanked, that tanked the money, I think, for the movie. Um, but as far as the third of the trilogy goes, it has to be bigger, bigger, badder, stronger because to, 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 uh, to gain the attention. One was the original. Two was the addition to the story. You know, they went to Japan. Um, it was a little slower, but also a little more nuanced. The third, you have to blow it out. It's it's kind of like I liken it to, you know, they say, oh, you know, in a in the horror movie or in Rambo, the bigger body count. The third movie has to have a bigger body count. Terry Silver is the bigger <laughs> body count of, of the trilogy. So, I I think it was written as well as it could be. Maybe, you know, after two, I don't know if there was a need for three, but I'm glad there was. I believe it is a good movie. It's not a it's not a good bad movie. It is a good good movie. Sure, there's flaws to it, but I think the the addition of Silver alone pushed it forward with such a unique and powerful character to add on to Larusso's uh, you know final chapter with Miyagi. I think it was I think it was as good as could possibly. Could I, have, I think another thing that I would say too to you you asked earlier, Ken, like the criticism of it. I think. I think it's a little disingenuous to just, we said it earlier, to just call Terry Silver this like just comic book villain, you know, because, and there's a quote, I'll read it because I wrote it down from one of the reviews that you sent me, but it said, Terry the villain is one of those slick back wise guys with a squirmy smile who does hateful things because he's a hateful person. Karate is his hobby. His real life business is dumping toxic waste. And I think that sort of belittles the character. And I don't know if maybe the, the the aging and the time of passing in this movie. But to me, I sort of like somebody with a mysterious backstory. I kind of want to speculate on what about him made him that way. And obviously mm-hmm. Cobra Kai has flushed out his backstory with the Vietnam flashbacks, which I thought were really well done. I got to give the show's creators like a really, really good props or really high props for that because I've, I think it really built his character out. But even when this movie came out, I think like, I don't know, maybe they were just, checking the box it's almost like uh you mentioned the critics and and how it might tank something it's almost like a food critic you get the food critic at your restaurant and if the 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 acclaimed food critic says you have bad food you know at least in shows and stuff they always make it like oh it's going to tank our restaurant i think if siskel and eber hate your movie at that time there wasn't a bevy of people who could sit there and say hey you know what bad way is my my person if he if i like his taste in movies i'm gonna like this movie which you can do now and i think that's what's so cool about something like a rotten tomatoes or something else you can find the people in the aggregators that sort of go along with you and and if you if you listen to our show or, or just listen to shows like ours 
we love these kind of movies. So if we like this, we're probably going to like the Seagal movies, the Schwarzenegger movies, mm-hmm. the ridiculous over-the-top stuff. It's just what's in our wheelhouse, and it, it, it it's entertaining to us. And I, I feel a little frustrated that people just look at it as, oh, this is movie is a piece of junk because it just rehashed the first plot. I think that belittles it, and it's, right. it's unfair to the movie, I think, personally. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I think, you know, like with Ralph Macchio, obviously, you know, we're looking at some articles where, you know, he's kind of down on Karate Kid 3. He doesn't like that movie at all. Um, and I know John Alvidson and other people um, have kind of said it was not a good movie. And, um, you know, I think Badway was saying, you know, this might be also related to like maybe the environment and how, when, how the movie was made. Um, and I think that was the case with this one. I think they wanted to do, you know, one direction, almost like a historical type movie of uh, Miyagi's family. But then the studio said no. So they had to go back to sort of more the formula. And maybe they didn't want to do that. And then when they did that, I know that Martin Cove was going to be the main bad guy, but he had to back out like something like three weeks before the start of shooting. And they created the character of Terry Silver. And so maybe it was the the uh making of the movie itself left a bad taste like it wasn't that it wasn't a great experience maybe for the people who made it and then i'm wondering if the movie then came out and critics didn't like it that kind of reinforced that bad thought and um but the the what sucks for me i think as a fan is even the studio seems to take that um yeah. kind of approach and sony home entertainment i'm really looking forward to your 4k release but it's been the same story every like blu-ray dvd release or whatever is if karate kid 3 is part of the set at all they just put up the movie there are just Mm -hmm. no special features no commentaries um i'd love to hear from uh uh, you know the creators of of the movie and uh hear about the behind the scenes story and um but we never get any of that it's like they they take the movie and kind of put it in the corner with a dunce cap you know they they do you think this is going to change like with 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 the new season coming out, do you think people who maybe didn't discover it will go back and 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 like it now and appreciate it? Because it's almost like Machio and some of these folks are, are trying to distance themselves from it now, which doesn't make sense to me because nobody's talking about box office performance for it in 2021 here. Nobody's talking about Siskel and Ebert score, like truthfully, I mean, we're talking about it, but they're not sitting there saying, well, Ebert gave it a, you know, 1.5 and, and that's why you shouldn't watch it now. I'm just, I'm hoping that the new, the way that the new show came out, I'm hoping that people can go back and really look at this with a fresh lens and appreciate it for what it is. And and I hope maybe to your point, maybe they will do a re-release or maybe people will get this appreciation because Thomas Heath Griffith is a great actor and I don't yeah. think he gets the respect for what this was. And I know I've said that a few times, but I really mean it. Like he has done a great job in this and I wish he was, I wish he had more, even more movies under his belt because of what he did with this movie. He did a great performance. I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to go there again. <laughs> I'm going to go there again. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you. And I'm just going to call it right now with you guys. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I think Thomas Ian Griffith already could be in line for an Emmy nomination. I hope he does. He deserves I, it. I hope so. Yeah. He deserves so. it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Badway, what do you think? Could do you think the Cobra Kai could, um, with Terry coming into Cobra Kai, could this cause a reevaluation of Karate Kid 3? Yeah, I certainly hope so. But um, I, what Drew said was interesting about how they're all, they were pre-distancing themselves um, I, I, yeah, I really wish they would have gone the opposite way and just kind of embraced it as part of the story. Um, 
I and I agree with your assessment of like you know DVD releases coming out and not having not having anything about it behind the scenes. Why not embrace it? Whether you whether you're you thought it was a good movie or a bad movie as the makers, I mean, there's still interesting stories to tell about it. So I, I and and with those stories, people might come to appreciate it even more, especially the people maybe didn't come around to it the first time. But I, I certainly hope that they they write the silver character, and I know, I know Thomas E. Griffith has the um, the performance in him that he will make people go back and watch. Maybe the people that were turned off and never checked it out or or watched it once and and, and maybe written it off in their minds. I saw it twenty five years ago, and I'm I'm good. I'm done with it. Maybe hopefully it can reevaluate re- re- for them. And now, as far as like going back and reevaluating, you guys first talked about this in 2015 this was back at a time when there was nothing like nothing about terry silver i remember like back in the like 2005 2010 like looking online for things about terry silver but nothing was there so i just assumed oh okay no one cares but you guys did this deep dive in 2015 and you talked about you speculated uh where terry silver would be and i was wondering Obviously, everyone should go and listen to your episode. I'm going to have the links down in the description here. But uh, if you could give us kind of a brief overview of what you uh, what you anticipated and what you think might happen going forward, what you expect might happen in Cobra Kai. Uh, Val, I'm going to turn it to you. You got to you got to take the take the people through this one. I I feel like um, go ahead. All right. So yeah, my 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 first initial thought was that we're on an alternate timeline right now with Cobra Kai because. <laughs> After after the events of the All Valley Tournament, I feel like Silver snapped and just had Miyagi and Larusso murdered, and that was the end. Like he he just he couldn't stand a defeat. He's never lost in his life s- since Vietnam. So and he, really he never lost in Vietnam right. personally himself. So he, he you know this go- this godlike figure on his high horse could not accept the defeat and just. Had him, had him murdered, and and there is no cover. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did say that on the show. We we talked about how we we had him murdered, and but I I, w- I want to know, did he go to jail for this? Like think of, think about. We even talked about this too, but think about like if something like this actually happened in real life. Let's say there was a CEO of a multinational company that stopped everything that he was doing to go on a holiday using his real name, by the way. So it's like, how did somebody not know Terry Silver, CEO of Dynatox? <laughs> you know, he, he's infiltrating like a small town in, in California. He's, he's stopping to terrorize children. Like imagine Jim Cramer on TV talking about the stock price for Dynatox, like going down, like sell, 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 you know, like imagine what they would do. Like, it's that ridiculous to think that's the thing that interests Uh, me the most of like what's outside of this movie. Like what happened after, like, did, did they get, did he get fired? Like what happened? Right. (laughs) Is is there a lawsuit uh, for for the Larusso family for him mentally manipulating their their minor? I mean, I was it was he seventeen or eighteen? I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, all uh, I guess you'd have to prove it, but I, I believe there are witnesses that that could that could um, corroborate what exactly went down in that dojo. And I feel I feel like Silver's got more than uh than uh, the environmentalist. Uh, I, I like know, to imagine that he did go to jail for a period of time or, or something, or he went into hiding. Like he, he seems like the type that would go away on like uh, uh some type of meditation journey and retreat. You know, he had that Mayan architecture and everything. Maybe he went to so, some type of like you know monastery or something. Shaved his head, grew back his ponytail. Now you know because you got to have the ponytail. But I, I I like to imagine he either got fined to hell. Or or he went went to jail or something, but I'm curious if he's still the CEO of Dynatox in this. I, I'm dying to know. 
his right hand man went to jail. He went to Tahiti, you know, and then yeah, he's fine. <laughs> and you know what I think is very interesting about all this is. Um, in the first season of Cobra Kai, in that committee meeting, they talk about how uh, Cobra Kai was banned. We, the All-Valley Committee of 1985, issue a lifetime ban on Cobra Kai for the unethical and unsportsmanlike conduct shown by senseis Terry Silver, John Kreese, and their student Mike Barnes. In season one, they mm -hmm. say that, and that's a big problem for Johnny. He has to convince the board to let him in, um, which is interesting because in Karate Kid 3, Terry Silver donated the permanent home of the All Valley Tournament. Yes. Like, and that, and then they let him give that speech in Karate Kid 3. So I'm thinking to myself, well, this is a guy who bribes DAs. Like, this is a guy <laughs> who, like, has the world in his pocket, yet somehow Cobra Kai still gets banned from the All Valley Tournament. So uh, I'm trying to figure out what happened there. Um, you know what that Terry I, my thought is maybe he just didn't care like he lost and he's just like I don't care about this anymore like I'm I'm out of here and didn't care that he was banned he didn't even know about it he didn't care um but I don't know so I don't know that's kind of an interesting repercussion uh like they felt like they could ban him after they gave him a lot after he gave him a lot of money maybe he decided then and there to like yeah screw this I'm done I'm out of here. I lost. He's, he's super pissed off about it. And like, he already has revenge on his mind, but yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll come back. Yeah, I'll get this later. Just, he left town, didn't think about it, didn't care about the donation, didn't care about Cobra Kai for a while. Cobra Kai never died, but maybe let it rest for a little bit. And maybe, maybe went back, lick his wounds. And uh, I, I, he and strikes me as the type of guy. You know, I think about this from time to time. He's sort of like the anti-Batman where he's, you know, it's like a vigilante, right? <laughs> so if Batman's out there fighting crime, Terry Silver's out there sort of like terrorizing teenagers and stuff, right? Or whatever else he's doing, yeah. who knows? Maybe he actually did murder people or had them murdered, I guess. He wouldn't do it himself. But yeah. what, I, what I find interesting is that he wouldn't have found a way. You mentioned bribing DAs. This guy, from all, for all intents and purposes, from what we know, he's got so much money that he doesn't even know what to do with it. And... You know, I'm surprised he wasn't able to just pull a Bruce Wayne and just buy the restaurant, right? He's just going right. to buy, let me just buy the tournament or buy whatever owns it. Like, mm -hmm. is yeah. it a nonprofit? I guess I never went through their their, their tax filings or anything to know what, what they <laughs> actually do or, or, or how they, they fund the tournament. But it's just interesting to me that he wouldn't have just done that. And I, I think you bring up a good point. He probably did just go off and took a little bit of a rest, a resting Cobra to come back and, and, and with get his fangs out. <laughs> So let's, so we've seen Terry Silver in the trailer. What, what do you think going forward? Like, what would you expect, um, out of Cobra Kai going forward? Did you, um, did, did Terry Silver's appearance in the trailer, um, make sense to you? Did it align with, um, everything you know and love about Terry? And what do you expect out of the character going forward in Cobra Kai? I hope that, you know, when, when we, sh when we saw him, I think Badway mentioned it earlier, he's a little subdued during during the trailer and I, I actually like that because I think it shows more the plotting side of Terry Silver and yes he can be like whack wacky and crazy and just wild and insane but at the same time this is a very intelligent person it's a very very calculated villain and I think what you see in the trailer so far and I only watched it um once so I didn't have a chance to like really break it down but they show him standing and looking and plotting and and he's there and he's speculating. And I, I like to imagine, I'll be really happy if he comes into this season with a psychological kind of like a, a, a way to really mess with both dojos, Daniel, Johnny, 
Daniel's family, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he he had no problem messing with kids before, right? What's he going to do with Daniel's kid? What's he going to do with the rest of the kids? How much of this is going to be targeted towards Daniel? And how much of the, the diabolical nature of his plans is actually going to be the kids themselves? And, and I hope that they go into the psychological aspect of it, because I think there's so much ripe for the, for the taking right there. And, and that's, that's my hopes. I'm just excited that he has his ponytail. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about you, Badway? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said earlier, and reiterate what you said, I, I do like the the calm, cool, and collected aspect of him. I'm excited to see. We touched on it briefly, but um, the maybe the first interaction between Silver and Larusso. I want I want to see Larusso shaking. I want to see him jaw dropped. Oh my god, this guy's here. He's back. Like he just saw a ghost. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm very excited to that first confrontation. I'm also very excited for the Johnny Lawrence aspect. Johnny doesn't know who Silver is. I mean, he knows but we what we learned in season one that I have no idea who that is. And maybe Kreese gave him nuggets of information, you know, within season two, but he really doesn't know the story or the full story of who Silver is. So I'd like to see that. And maybe I don't know if um if Silver would will get in Johnny's ear a little bit, or maybe maybe manipulation of his kid. We'll see what goes on there. But uh, I'm I, I'm excited for some manipulation. I, I want to see more of that. And, and if 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 uh, Cobra Kai three was kind of like a mirror of of uh, Karate Kid two, then I, I really want to see the mirror image of three in this season four now, with some back dealings, maybe some false teammates, maybe some changing mm-hmm. of sides, you know, and um and hopefully I'm, I'm curious to that, which I'm, I'm curious sure to see about what Johnny's son, the role that Johnny's son's going to play in this, and if he's going to take a Mike Barnes esque, you know, role. But they all know him, so he's not an outsider. So I'm really curious about how that angle is going to be handled and the psychological manipulation of of Johnny's son. And Kreese has done a good job sort of doing that himself, whereas I think in the original movies, they sort of paint Kreese like a brute. But I feel like if I'm being fair to, to Kreese the character... He actually has acted quite a bit like Terry Silver throughout the first couple seasons of Cobra Kai. And you really see what he learned maybe from Terry and how they, they work together. And, and he really did manipulate people psychologically, right? He thought he was down on his luck and he sort of slid in there and took over the Cobra Kai dojo. And Mm -hmm. that's really some next level manipulation if you really give him credit for it. So I, I can't even imagine like what level it's going to go to. I hope the one thing I do hope is I hope that Terry doesn't become the lackey or anything. I really do hope he's sort of like the final boss, so to speak, because I think he deserves it. And I, I hope they give that to him. Yeah, it's a great point, Drew. Um, I am looking forward to hopefully more screen time with uh, Silver and Crease because there wasn't a whole lot of it in three. I mean, aside from the initial meeting, the visit into the house, a lot of it was Silver just one on one with Danny during the manipulation phase. And uh, and also, yeah, you're right about Crease. I mean, he was very transparent about who he was in, in Karate Kid one and two. Very, very straightforward. Uh, no mincing words about what he wanted. But yeah, uh, in the seasons of, of Karate Kid 2 and into 3, very much seemed like he did learn something from Silver during those uh, Karate Kid 3 years. And I want to see that all come together. And I want to see them working together on screen. Right. And sure. uh, you bring up an interesting point about like Kreese being more Terry-like because, yeah, he was exactly like that with, with Johnny. He kind of slipped in. Um, and with the trailer, it's almost like initially Kreese is trying to manipulate Terry 
to join. Like maybe there's a little resistance apparently from Terry and Kreese is sort of like trying to convince him to come back. And he's very pleased with himself when Terry comes back and he's like, you missed this, didn't you? And, um, <laughs> but at the same time, we know Terry and he's the master manipulator. And so I think it's going to, I'm wondering if Kreese is going to be in a situation where he thinks he's in control, but he's not. You know, yeah. and uh, Terry's going to swoop in and Kreese might go, whoa, you know, uh, holy crap, this is I didn't really mean for this to happen. And um, maybe Terry's going to want to do things his way. And um, I don't know, you you got that. There's like that moment in the trailer where he goes, I just want to make sure that we're going to win this time. You yeah. know, and it's like that's that's an interesting move from yeah. Terry because it's, it's almost like he's making some kind of demand. Like if I get into this. Yeah, these are my terms. You know, it's like a role reversal. I took yeah, I took one L in my life. I'm not <laughs> right, taking a second. Right. This, so, this guy doesn't yeah, lose, man. Yeah. I mean, he he doesn't he can't deal with it. So yeah, I I'm super curious how they're going to tackle like what his psyche's like after that, and are they going to touch on it? And you know, like they did the what would be really interesting, and they probably won't do this is if they had sort of flashbacks of what happened after Karate Kid 3 would be really cool. Sort of mm. like they did the flashbacks to Vietnam in the previous season. If they did some of the flashbacks to maybe what happened after, I, I doubt that they'll do it, but it would be really interesting. Or even more Vietnam flashbacks or or pre-Karate you know Karate Kid 1 flashbacks to give you a little bit more about their relationship because bringing a new character onto a show, it, it is a risk, I guess, for people that maybe don't know about him. And he is a cult classic figure he's a bigger than life kind of person but at the same time as we've talked about karate kid 3 isn't the most popular of movies so you know cobra kai is giving a whole new set of fans and a whole generation of people you know the ability to kind of maybe go back and look at that so i i hope that i hope that they do it justice in in that regards but i think they've done such a good job with the show so far like i can't really say anything negative about cobra kai so far I'm just so excited for this because since they announced this show, like from the very, very beginning, like all the way back to season one, I'm like, man, I hope Terry Silver shows up. And every season subsequently, I kept thinking, oh, I hope he shows up. I hope he shows up. And they mentioned his name and you get really excited. So when when it when it was foreshadowed, I mean, I lost I lost my my mind when when I saw that. I was so excited that it was coming. And then when the file when the trailer dropped and you posted the pictures and him tying the ponytail. I can't. I, I I jumped out of my chair, man. It was awesome. Oh <laughs> I love yeah, him. absolutely. And you brought up something real quick. I want to jump in on is the the flashbacks. Yeah. Um, and Badway was talking about those Vietnam flashbacks too, where we have that backstory with Terry and Kreese. Um, but the thing is, you'll notice that that was before uh, John Kreese became the karate champion. Um, that was like a year or two before you know he became U.S. Army champion, and so something happened like. Kreese wasn't necessarily like he beat his captain, but um, I think there's still some growth at that point that needs to happen before Kreese becomes who he is. And Terry obviously is like not who he was, you know, in those flashbacks. So I think it would be amazing uh, if we saw more of that and maybe even got a glimpse of Master Kim Sung Young. Oh, that would be awesome. Which uh, Hayden Schlossberg tweeted and he basically put Master Kim on the same level as Miyagi. Oh man. <laughs> you know, and so that would be amazing if like if Master Kim is the one who gave us who gave them all this idea of manipulation like uh, the art of war like all, all of this stuff that um 
they took to heart, you know, and we can see them maybe trying to out manipulate each other. But um, I don't know. That's that's my wish. I hope I hope we get to see that. Yeah. And, you know, what the precedent is set um, from season three of flashbacks to where we could very well see, you know, catching people up on the backstory of Silver Increase through those 1970s. Um, it could very easily happen. And I mean, that's a, that's a good point to bring up. And now you got me excited for it. Hopefully it happens. <laughs> I think the one thing you asked, yeah. Ken, like, what do we, what do we hope for? Like, I hope people appreciate him. I know like, and this is going to sound really silly and, and kind of dumb, but you know, we, we obviously love Terry Silver. We gave him darn near a perfect score on the villain scale here. So that just shows the appreciation we have for this guy. But I think when you look at it, and you look at the type of character that he is, we sat here back in 2015 and we were sort of speculating like what happened to him after. And I think the thing that we've been thinking about ever since they started making this show is like one day they're going to answer that. One day they'll actually answer like what happened to him. So when we did that show at a point in time and we had no idea what what he was doing or whatever, we were just kind of joking because like you said earlier, for all intents and purposes, like he was done. Like he was never coming back. They were ne- you're never gonna know. It's a, it's a dead character. And yeah. and I think it's such a weird time right now that it's going to be answered and you're going to find out. And it's such a it's it's gonna sound ridiculous. It's a historic moment. <laughs> like, yeah. I get too excited about this stuff. I mean, I got my my Cobra Kai shirt here, so I'm I'm super pumped. But I, I think I just I'm excited to see what it is, but it's also such a weird, it's almost like I have a little bit of trepidation because other people are going to know now. And and it's almost like this hidden gem of Terry Silver. And I, we're letting the world in on on how awesome this guy is and, and how great of a character it is. So I just hope people appreciate it for what it was and, and what it should be. So that's that's my hopes for it. Oh, absolutely. 100% agree. Very well said. Very well said. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this discussion. I'm sure uh, we'll want to have many discussions about Terry Silver going forward once we see... Wait his uh in new incarnation um and let's just tell everyone again about your podcast the last row podcast and uh tell us where we can find it we'll have links but like where where can people find it sure yeah if you if you're looking for our show you can check our website out the last you'll find all of our links we're on apple Podcasts. we're on spotify pretty much any podcatcher that you use uh, check our show out we've been going on for quite a few years now we've got i think 94 episodes the most recent was 94. the running man if you like these types of movies that's uh what we tend to do if you're looking for our show on twitter too it's at the last row pod we also have a facebook page um check us out i'll, I'll send you guys the links but uh you know thank you so much ken for for having us this has been awesome <laughs> yeah thank you for i'm honored us. guys i am honored and uh, i am so looking forward to hearing your thoughts on cobra kai going forward and all those great movies you're going to be covering on your podcast so uh so thank you and uh if i don't see it before new year's enjoy cobra kai season four yeah. <laughs> we'll have to have you on and Absolutely. we'll do we'll do a, a, a season uh, recap or something. I, I'm excited for it. Oh, I do it in a second in a second. <laughs> and um, and thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight. Um, be sure to stay tuned. Subscribe to this channel. We've got a lot of stuff coming out uh, on the uh, run up to Cobra Kai season four. We have Cobra Cole, but we also have, uh, you know, discussions like this and um, check in with these guys on their podcast to see what they think about Cobra Kai going forward. Thanks, everyone. I'll see you next time.